Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So you lift your voice together with me and say, Father, thank you for taking care of me today. Take a new care of me like never before. In the name of Jesus, by your confession you shall possess. In the name of Jesus, your possession is in your confession. Come on, declare it. Thank him. He's brought you this far. He will take you all the way. His hand will be mightier upon you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for taking good care of me. Now, Lord, more than ever before, take good care of me today. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You go to cry out today and say, Father, God of all grace, visit me this afternoon like never before. In the name of Jesus, God of grace is coming to your life. We believe in confession in our prayers. We believe that with our mouth we speak ourselves out of trouble. Yes, Lord, God of grace, visit me like never before. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Eternal Father, we thank you for another wonderful Sunday like this. Thank you for your awesome presence in our lives. We thank you for the time we had since we started this morning. The prayer meetings, the time to study the word together in small groups. We thank you, Lord, for that opening song that we lifted up our voices unto you. Thank you for the awesome time of worship. Thank you, eternal Father, for those wonderful testimonies. Uh, testimonies that are still coming, we thank you. Testimonies that are coming between now and next week, I thank you. That victory that is happening this very week, I thank you. That your testimony, say thank you, Jesus. And so, Father, we pray that this afternoon, as your son said, the enthusiasm and liberty in the house shall not be curtailed because we do more than we can imagine in the name of the Lord Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you will rend the heavens over this place. Do that which can only be attributable to you. And at the end of it, we shall return the honor and praise. Thank you, eternal rock of our salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Jesus' name, we have prayed. Put your hands together for the living God as you sit majestically. Hallelujah. We are all welcome once again in the name of the Lord Jesus to another Sunday service. We thank God for the various things that we've been seeing him do in our midst. For the next few minutes, I will talk to us um, from the scriptures under a title, Abiding in Grace. Abiding in Grace. You are all of age to know that life is full of ups and downs. And there's a lot of hard work that is required to go by to get by in life. You need to make real effort if you will have any real success. And work is part of what God has ordained amongst men. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, work must be done. 
the Lord Jesus Christ says, he said, either to my father walks and I walk. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was said to be a worker of miracle. Even the apostle said in the book of 2 Timothy, he said, he that does not walk must not eat. You know, walk is part of our lives. And we must never forget that. There seems to have been this major dichotomy between work and grace that people seem to struggle with. And you know, we will try as much as possible by the grace of God to unravel that this afternoon a little bit. And then we come to a better understanding that grace is not against work and work is not against grace. It's just the right perspective and now you fit them in that matters. But I know that God of grace brought me this far. <laughs> you may not understand it, you may not celebrate it. I know where he brought me from. Oh, I had, you know, somebody testifying before, spoke about all the things he's gone through. You don't, someone is standing, you don't know where they've been. <laughs> you don't know where they've been. And it just occurred to me, this is not part of the introduction. Many of you never knew that I drove taxi before. <laughs> Yeah, I did, I did, I did. Between Agbowo and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Iwo Road, yes. Now, I'll tell you, Agbowo is a place next to the University of Ibadan, uh, one of the major cities in Nigeria, and Iwo Road, that express road. When I told my wife, she was shocked. You know, I was so skint, I drove taxis. You know, I was using my car that must roll down the hill. I was saying that in, um, in um, air, air yesterday. That car was rolled down the hill. Yes, I, I drove taxi with it. Uh, you don't know where, I don't know where you are coming from. But I know you are coming from a long distance. And I know the Lord is one that brought you this far. And I know he will take you all the way in the name of Jesus. Because you have come this far, I'm confident you will go forward. If there's nothing sure, I'm sure. You know, when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven... What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout for victory. You know, many things that are covered, many things that you never tell anybody that you've been through. Jesus knew. He still cleansed you from them, He did not allow that to dog you. You know, there are people that won't sit next to you if they know fully your story. <laughs> no, they won't. Because they are human. You know, they can tell you in paraphrase. You know, everybody can tell their stories in paraphrase. But the truth of the matter is that the only one that knows everything about you still loves you in spite of that. Try that out. Still loves you in spite of that. And so, I want to talk to you how you can abide in that grace. Is that making sense to you? Alright, so because I'm not talking to you about something that is strange unto you. Even if it's strange unto you, it wouldn't be strange after I finish talking this afternoon. Because everybody will enjoy common grace. And so that will be my first point in the introduction that I will mention. That we all agree that everything comes from God. Do you agree with me? And that are the ultimate, at the very end of the story, everything comes from God. Even the energy to do the work you do. You agree with me? But we will not dwell on that. So I don't want to lose anybody. Say, well, but you're talking about this grace. You're talking about this work. But after everything comes from God, we know. So in arguments or in philosophy, which I don't want to introduce, that's good philosophy, that's biblical philosophy, you know, there is what we call presupposition. 
So before we go into any discussion at all, we all presuppose, we have this presumption, we have this assumption that we agree that irrespective of what I say, we know one thing is true, everything comes from God. Do we all agree to that one? All right, so when I say things, don't struggle with them. When I say things, don't start arguing in your heart. I say, well, you know, we, I know everything comes from God. And then I will take it from there, from this point. Hallelujah. Now, the next thing I would like to say, apart from everything comes from God, is to tell you that in life, there are two ways of doing work. There are only two ways of doing work. You can do work purely by labor, or you can do work through the help of favor. Because any labor that is not followed by favor is a fruitless labor at the end of the day. That is why if a farmer puts a corn, a piece of corn in the ground, and there is no favor of God to let rain fall on it, to let the earth be sufficiently fertile to make it grow, that man will come back in three months or six months' time and there will be nothing to harvest. So it is important to know that if you just depend only, and there is no human being, whether they accept it or do not, that depend solely on labor. There is a degree of divine favor that everybody enjoys. And that, I repeat, is what we call common grace. Is that okay? Right. Now, I now move to the next level. The next level is that for every human being, for every task in the world, there is a combination of human effort and divine effort. From one extreme of complete human effort to the other extreme of complete human, uh, sorry, um, divine work. Is that okay? Right. And I could give you a good example. Number one example is if you are trying to, let's say, La, 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 build a house. Hmm? Or let's use the example I've just used, planting something. There's a human effort into it. You agree with me? And I've explained to you there is some divine effort that must be renewed. Come to the middle place. For a person to bear a child, there is little human effort. You agree with me? And then there is huge divine effort. Do you agree with me? Now, for a person to be saved, there is 100% divine, uh-huh, are you following me now, and zero human effort. So you see, it's a spectrum. And it depends on where. Now, in between that, anyone can position himself wherever he wants to be. You can run your life by 90% human effort and 10% of divine. Or you can choose to say it's going to be vice versa. And so that's why Patrick knew that the only way he could, the brother that read his testimony, knew the only way that he could surmount the obstacles ahead of him is to have a huge dose of divine input. So, in very, three, in very quick succession, I will share this thing with you under three headings. It's going to be a bit of teaching. Number one, accessing, accessing grace. Accessing grace. Number two, assimilating grace, that is receiving grace. And number three, abiding in grace. All right? Now, for those who learn in chunks like that, that will be useful for you. For you who learn just by stories, hopefully you'll get a few things. But everybody should be able to understand that. Simple enough. What's the first one that I said? 
accessing. That is, how do you get to grace? After all, we talk about grace. Everybody talks about grace. We mess it up. We don't understand it fully. Let's take time and unravel it a little bit. And let's just go beyond just skipping on the topic. All right? So how do we access grace? That's number one. How do we access grace? 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 Through Christ, how do we access grace? There's only one way you can access grace. That is, how do you approach grace? You know, every, you know you, you, grace is standing there, and everybody is looking for how to access grace. How do you walk to grace? How do you prepare to enter into grace? You only enter into grace by going exactly as you are. You enter grace by going exactly as you are. You don't, you don't, you know, there's one thing that doctors hate. When you have an ailment, you have taken a lot of junk and home medication and you present. And when it comes to grace, God hates you coming that way. You know, you've messed a few things up already and you say you're coming to God. You know, a thief that is trying to put some effort to just be a little bit easier for God to help him. Decides to be paying tight on the money has just stolen. And he said, you know, so that that will be acceptable unto God. God says, he said, their gift will be an abomination unto him. Proverbs chapter 29. So it's very possible that one can give unto God and God can say it's an abomination. So strip away. And the problem with the church is that those that talk most about grace, what I've discovered is that they probably live least under grace. And so easy to talk about. Everybody's an expert in grace. But when I was unraveling it, I saw how much I've not been living under grace as I think I was. And I hope that will impact you this afternoon that you will begin to live. If you live under grace, life will be easy. Do you know if you live under grace, nothing will faze you. All these things, there's job loss. If you're under grace, really, really under grace, you just shrug. And that's where I want the Lord to push us this afternoon. If you're living under grace, the doctor gives you a funny diagnosis, you just smile. There's something within you that is telling you that you are not in control. There's something that is telling you that somebody is driving this vehicle. There's something that is telling you that I don't know why Marcus picked Thursday. That somebody knew Thursday. And maybe there's somebody in the house that your Thursday is going to be significant. I have a major meeting on Thursday. Who knows? But he knows Friday as well. Hallelujah. And Wednesday is right in his son. And Tuesday and Monday. And every day of the week and every day of your life. So to access grace, you must go stop acting as if you can help God. Be, just go as you are. Go as you are. If a person is a fornicator and is running around trying to serve God, God says, I'm not interested. Go as you are. I cannot say that too often. So, if anything you don't go home with this afternoon, if anything you're going to go home rather with this afternoon, please let that be number one thing. You go home with what? That is, go as you are. Go as you are. Don't add anything to it. Just come, it says. Just come. Matthew chapter 5, 24. Matthew chapter 5, verse 24. That's what it says there. He said, if anyone has a gift and is coming to the house of God, he said, leave that gift first on the altar and go and sort out what you need to sort out. So, and I'm saying something very important for us as a church. From now on, please, if you have issues, solve your issue before you put your hand to serve God. You don't want God to be opposed to the effort that you are making. Number two, assimilating grace. 
how do we actually receive grace? Of course, you will agree with me that number one thing is that you must believe in the God of grace and love. David was saying, thank God is God is my God. And thank God because I believe that you probably have checked out his God. Do you know people in the same religion, the description of their God may differ. Some, their God is a wicked God. Some, their God is an unforgiving God. Some in the same religion, let, let's say, forget a religion, some in the same Christian faith, some in this same church, when you ask them to describe their God, it will not look at all remotely like your own God. It's the God that will allow anything and will not chastise. does not look exactly like my own God. It's a God who, when you offend him, is, in fact, is waiting to smack your head. He set trust for you. That's not my God. So first of all, let us believe in a God of grace. So it is for you to check the scriptures and find out how the God of grace is. Is the one who will leave everything to come and die for you. And so let's, let's not make unnecessary assumptions. You know, I, I easily say, my God will help you. Now, you can say, you may not say amen to that if you don't know exactly the description of my God. I sent a text to somebody during this week, I think, you know, I was praying for the person, and, and it rose from my heart. Uh, I've just done some prayer, and I said, my God will help you. And I remember the person came back with testimony. You know, you know why? I, there's something within me that's telling me I know this God that I'm serving. And so before you say amen to anybody that says, my God will help you, please know the kind of God they're talking about. You probably have a fair idea of the kind of God I'm talking about now. A God of love, a father, and fathers have many roles. They provide security, they provide nourishment, they provide correction, they provide training. Go and check what the role of a good father is. That's the real God of heaven and earth. And on top of that, he has all resources to do all he wants to do. So that's number one, before you access, know the God you are serving. Number two, how do you, what do you do? You know, in assimilating or receiving this grace. When you come to God, I said, come as you are, was the first one. Did you remember that? That's under accessing grace. Now, under assimilating grace, tell him everything. <laughs> you know, many times when we are praying, we, we don't tell God everything. I've, I've, I've shared with those who are trusting God in the area of marriage before. If you see a man that you really want to marry, and God is saying no, what should you tell God? God, I like him. But I know you are saying no. What are we going to do about it? I'm very sure, sincerely. Instead of you saying, Lord, tell me your will, tell me. And deep within your heart, you knew that you know what you are going to do. Stop fooling yourself. Be open with God. Does that make sense? Lord, you know indeed, I want to do your will. And you are wasting man hours of counselors. They keep open scripture for you. Immediately you leave. You know what you are going to do. Why don't you say, Lord, you know what? Man, oh my, that guy is answered. <laughs> my, oh my, that girl makes my tummy toes tumble. <laughs> but Lord, what are we going to do now? And as a father, this Lord will say, you know, son, you know, daughter, I know he's fine. But behind that fineness, there is something else. And that's why in the middle of the night, he will show you a vision. And show you that the man that is so handsome is a philanderer. 
As he showed me many times before, I, one time before I shared that with you before, I was in a church, and my catchment group of those that can marry have worked some time, kind of works in my life. I call, you know, my wife and I, we call it village church. When I got born again, God put me in one village, raw Christian, not all the subscribed Christian you people are doing now, raw. Those ones that will stand on their feet and pray two hours solidly. Pastor Mensah was the associate pastor at that time. I remember it very clearly. When we were doing fasting, because he eats once a day normally. So when we call all this sister, since the man do two days. <laughs> it's pointless. It's because it's constantly on fasting. So they call fasting, the, church. the man just does two days. So I don't know, I can already seven days, it's 14 days for him. That's the kind of place I was. But in that same location as well, I was looking forward to get married. But I made up my mind very early. I said, Lord, it must be your will. Because I know there's nothing you can't make anybody. That's, that's always been my belief. You know, if, I don't care. If, if it's you, you can change anything. Anyway, my consistency for marriage at that time were under 11-year-old girls and over 60-year-old women. <laughs> and I was pretty old myself. I was only 28 or thereabouts. So that tells you my, and in that place, I prayed, I believed God. My sister told me, he said, you can't marry here. So what's wrong with you? We've been this religion before you. There is a full gospel down the road. Good, I said, I said, I won't because of wife go to a fellowship. This is good when you first start raw. You are not complex. I was still a good fool. Over the years, we've all gone clever. To cut the long story short, since the devil knows I won't leave to go and get his own, he decided to bring. So, somebody came to the fellowship. And if you're not going, we will be with this marriage, you will get it wrong. And I have a God of grace who said this marriage, you will get it right. And so he brought her. And the lady immediately saw me. He said, you are the will of God. (laughs) You see? Humanly speaking, by human reckoning, I probably on a good day will not look at that direction. But Billy, she said, I'm the one. Ah. I said, I will pray. And I prayed. I said, Lord... Ah, this person doesn't look like the checklist. (laughs) But if you say that this is the way to go, let your will be done. And I meant it. Is it job? Well, she will do something with her life. She will get something to do with her hands too. Beauties of the spirit. (laughs) So, I rationalize everything. But one thing I was sure of, even as a young believer, was that I was clear in my heart that I wanted to do the will of God. Let me put this addition to it. Those of you that had the story before, let me put this addition. I had a boss who was not a Christian. Very nice man, fantastic at his job. And one of those seasons when I was doing this, the man, unknown unto him, said, you, 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 better be very careful. Don't go, mad, don't mad, go and marry anybody. And uh, you say, God said. Ah. 
an unbeliever. Why? But the thing just went over my head. Anyway, that very night that I said I would pray, I prayed. You know the rest of the story? The Lord showed me she's a fornicator. Uh, uh, she can't be. Well, by the time I was the will of God, she was a few weeks pregnant already. Because three months' time, the results, a result came out. <laughs> what am I saying? If we are not open before God, the enemy will easily trap us. And so you, anything you do, if you will receive grace from God, you need to be very... Number three, very quickly, because of our time, you tell him everything. Also, receive everything from him. If you want a reference for telling Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. I gave you a contemporary story. Hopefully that will help you. But you go back home and read the biblical story, which is Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. That's about Zacchaeus who told the Lord about everything, okay? So, but the contemporary story, I hope that will do the feeling and um, we can continue. Number, number, number three, under assimilating or receiving grace. What's number three? You must what? Receive everything. From, not some. What? everything from him. And on this one, I will spend a bit of time, as exactly as the Lord said to my heart, when I was preparing this message, I was saying, Lord, you know what I'm going to say? The Lord said, the time will be too short. And, and it's, it's proving that out now. You know, I, I was saying, Lord, I, I needed to, you know, save. It's just, just, just the little that I will tell you will make impact in your lives. And, and I believe he's doing that already. Now, tell him everything. I'm saying that because I'll spend some time on that too, and I probably will need to rush after that one. We try to keep to time. It is what God does that matters, not so much of what we say. And it can take just one sentence to change your life. So I'm not into long preaching. All right, now, now tell him everything. What does what, what is receive everything from him means? When God is asking that you come and receive grace from him, He's also asking that you receive from him the things he's asking you to give. Uh-huh. Some of you are getting it already. Now turn with me to Mark chapter 9. Now I use a biblical reference for that. And if you can put it on the screen for me, please. Mark chapter 9, start from verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Did you remember that story? It was about this child who had been having epileptic fate, and they, they've done everything. In actual fact, the child was heavily demon-possessed, and that's what I know, as the Lord promised, grace is in the house today to heal difficult situations like that. You know, children that you just tried everything, nothing seems to be working. The hand of the Lord, the one that says, if you can believe all things, if you can believe all things, all things are possible to him who believes. But this man knew that he had issues with believing. Verse 24, what does he say? Immediately, the father of the child cried out. He didn't speak. What did he do? He cried out. Why did he cry? Something in his heart told him, Ah, God, again, this will fail. I've not got faith enough. Something within him said, Ah, I had not again. Your disciples have just tried. They couldn't solve the matter. And you are putting down and say, Oh, God, help now. I have not got enough. Where will I get it from? Cried out and said, Lord, I believe, but there's some belief in me. And the Lord said, even the faith you need to get it, I will supply it. That's why it's a good God. And that's why every step must be known. You must tell him everything. That man told him, I have not got faith. You know, many of us, and that's why we preachers sometimes, and people that, you know, that, that teach, we do put people under unnecessary pressure. It's because they don't have, if they don't have faith, ask them to ask for the faith. You say, no, we lay hands on you, you didn't receive. Why didn't I receive? Because you don't have faith. Thank God people say that less now. Because we don't have faith, let's talk to God. It's him that gives faith. 
But check that and compare that with another one in Luke. I think that's chapter 18. And compare this man with the, another story there. And with that comparison, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Whatever he's asking you, the Lord asks you to give, you're struggling to give, please ask him. Luke chapter 18, verse 22, I think. Luke 18, yes, 22. Luke 18, thank you. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing, sell that Uh, Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. You remember that story? Do we remember that story? All right, now, so that was the challenge of the Lord. Remember, the challenge for the first one is believe, eh? Which was more difficult than the challenge to this one. So Jesus Christ said, before I do something for you, bring something so that I can plant it, and then it it will bring results. So for the first man, he said, bring faith. The man said, faith is too small. I don't think it will work. This man, Jesus said what? Sell all that you have. What should he have said? In verse 22, the next verse, please. But when he heard this, he became, for he was very rich. What should he have done? If you compare it to the first man, what should he have done? Lord, help me. This thing is hard. I'm rich, man. <laughs> Maybe you don't know. I, I am rich. I know you are poor, but my, money, money. Pastor, I have it. It's not like you. Tell him as it is. You know, Jesus will look and say, is it money? Don't worry. As I shared not too long ago, immediately after that, Jesus confirmed that he, didn't need this, he did not need this money. You remember? Because further down the line, what, what, what was said? Peter then asked, and Jesus then said, that man was only fooling himself. Whatever you give for me, you get a hundredfold back. Because we scroll down. So if the man had just spoken unto the Lord Jesus Christ, he would have just said, look, okay, you know what? I will help you. Sell this one, sell this one. By the time the man starts selling one or two things, the liberty to sell will begin to come in. Something will begin to grow in him. So even the faith you need, ask him today. That is the essence of grace. Let me tell you a few things that I ask from God normally as a believer. Let me use final, my, my, myself as an example. Now, in the early days up to now, even up to now, most times I love a good breakfast. That's not revelation to many of you. But many of you are, you are looking very good. Uh, you look like me, you know. So I love a good breakfast. And sometimes the word of the Lord will say, fast. So I shall waking up today, fast. And many of you will be saying, get it behind me, Satan. <laughs> no, I don't. I say, Lord, I would love to eat today. But if indeed it's you, let the hunger go. Turn things around somehow. Sometimes we let the hunger go. Sometimes it will bring problems. <laughs> you know, some problems make hunger disappear. It will just, everything will just, before I know it, the time for breakfast has gone. It is noon time. This phone call, hey, pastor. Then, ah, oh, God. Hey, pastor. That day, he helped me to fast. Will you work with him like that? Will you understand grace from that point of view? Will you just, and it will be easy. But the first thing that needs to be right will be your heart. You must be determined to please him. And finally, so that we can close and we have only one prayer point together. Finally, um, what's that? Now, what's the first one we say? You should access accessing grace. What's number two? Assimilating, that is receiving grace, under which we have said what? We said if I to go to this, you need to believe in a God of grace, isn't it? 
and that you should be able to do what? Tell him everything. And what do you do also? Make sure you receive everything from him. Don't try to create anything for yourself. You heard the story of people who were arguing against God before. They said, you know, God, we can create too. And uh, it was a myth, but it's, it's a good myth. He said, you know, God, you know, you're talking about, you know, you are the creator of God. We too, we can create. And God said, okay. What we do is that you create. And the man said, and God said, you start. And the man bent down and was molding the uh, clay. And God said, no, 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 not too fast. Uh, create your own clay. <laughs> because even the clay came from him. So that's what we meant by receive everything. And now we're going to the last point. What's the last point? And we said was, how can you then continue to abide in him? Now, very quickly, number one, live a life of grace. In little things, let grace manifest. For instance, Sister Mary. <laughs> that's a good example. You remember her testimony this morning? Isn't that Sister Mary? Where is she? Wave your hand to me. Miriam. All right. Ah, you are quarreling between Mary and Miriam. Sister Miriam, sorry. <laughs> you can fight in this place, you know. She was testifying. What was her testimony? That she's, she used the word expert, and she is. She said, I'm an expert in that area. But because she's a believer, and God wants to tell her that you can do nothing without me, he decided to turn off the tap of grace. Expert or no expert. Until she went back and do what she was supposed to do. To know that little or big thing is grace. I beg you, when you are driving, it's grace to drive. Now when you begin to say, ah, believe you me, I've driven a few years. Not until long ago that I, that I remembered, at least for those that I know, that in this church, only three people have a kind of driving license that is different from the rest of you. Without that, Elder Ron, without that, myself, my wife. Because I'm not talking about how you get it. There, there are some vehicles we can drive <laughs> that you can't even drive. Now, I brought that in, not just for useless point, which means, believe you me, I've driven quite a few times. And I love driving. For instance, I've driven to London at least 10 times. To and fro. Not talking of driving to Blackpool, Blackpool twice, I remember, and a few other places like that. You know, it's gotten to a place now that I, I don't like driving anymore. It's not age. That grace, I need to pray for it. We went to air yesterday. Pastor Wilfred drove me. I dreaded it. I phoned that who will give me a lift. The man drove me. Fantastic trip. We came back. I didn't drive anything. Just to tell you where grace is missing. You can do nothing. The man dropped me at the car park, jumped into my car. Between here and uh, West Hill, nine miles away, I was sleeping on this area. Aha, uh-huh, you see that? He <laughs> said, what's wrong with you? They, you are trying to say. Because in little things, you must depend on grace. Am I making sense to somebody? Because that's why you practice it. That's why you practice it. I have a pastor friend, Pastor Shalaludo, you have mentioned his name. He came here to minister to us some time back. And I remember, you know, he ministered until about uh, 2 in the morning. And he was to take, catch the first flight out of, out of Aberdeen uh, back to London. And I remember he said his flight is 6 o'clock. He said, man, 6, 2. What do we do now? Should I 
get somebody to knock on your door or will you set alarm? The man smiled. He said, no, he does not need alarm. He said, any time he wants to wake up, he wakes up. Ah. I said, that's grace. <laughs> I was expecting, he's a young man. I know as you grow older, your hours of sleep is reducing. Mine is reducing. But at that time, he was talking, he was still a young man, much younger than myself. You know? And uh, I was expecting his call. Pastor, I've missed my flight. Nothing like that. The next time I had a man was in London. He woke up. Why? Grace. Now, if you're not there, you don't try that on Monday morning. <laughs> finally, 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 we shall pray. Especially if your place of job is on Palmerston Road. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let others know you are what you are by the grace of God. Let others know. Don't, don't hide it. When, when you've done something well at work, I know the three-letter word is not acceptable or is being resisted now. The glorious G-O-D word. But find a way to tell them, start diplomatically and then be explicit later with it that I got this project done because of help from above. If they are more open, tell them, thank God. Let them know your life is based on grace. And you will affect many lives in Jesus' name. Is that okay? And the Lord will bless us indeed. Let's just pray one prayer point together. And then we, we take the offering and get ready to go. I want you to just invite the God of grace into your life. That means all these things we're talking about, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, where you are, just invite him to your life. If you know him as the Lord and Savior, you must have situation in your life. It might be helpful for all of us to stretch our legs at this stage. If we can, please. And then we just pray. And if you know him already, I would like you to just invite him to your situation. Amen? Invite him to your situation. Let no one leave this place. Uh, let me be a little bit harder on us. With that big-headedness, that cockiness, now, what grace are they talking about? I can figure it out. You don't want to fall flat on your face. So I will ask every one of us now to invite that God of grace and I will pray for us. And in the house where people are praying, if you've got a right knee problem, specifically right knee problem, I will also quickly pray for you by laying of hands. So if you can make your, your way to the front, we will pray for you. And those of you with back problem, you stay where you are, I will just declare over you. Let's do it as the Lord wants us to do it. So the rest of us, let's just begin to say, Lord, I invite you to my life. You are God of grace. I invite you to my situation. I invite you into my job situation. I invite you into my health situation. Just invite him because it's his grace that will be more than sufficient for you. Invite him. Invite him. Just call upon him right now. Call upon him right now. And he will come in mightily and powerfully. And he will solve those problems for you like never before. As a church, let's also begin to pray. Not only our situation, let's pray to the situation of our city. Let's pray to the situation of the church as a whole. That this local church shall be a beacon of light in this nation. Shall be a beacon of light in this city. Invite him. It's his grace that we make it happen. It's not the strength of our preaching. Thank God God is helping us to open the scriptures. It's not the strength of our worship and how beautiful and powerful. And thank God he's helping us in that area. But it is just his grace. It's his grace. Are you praying right now? Are you praying right now?
Thank you, Father. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Rock of ages, we thank you. We just speak, Lord, right now into all your children. If you have backache, just lift up your hand right now. And then any other ailment. Father, by your spirit and power, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've been cautioned by the Lord. Please, just only backache first. Then I will pray for the other ailment. If you just only, you got backache, just lift up your hand. Father, by your spirit and power, touch every one of these children right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Your word says you send your word and heals them and delivers them from their destruction. Everything trying to destroy your health, trying to destroy your emotional well-being. Let them be broken right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive the healing touch of the Most High God and it shall be very well with you. Please put your hands down if you want to touch in any other aspect. You know it's by grace, you know. You know it's by grace. I'm just to declare the word. Lord, let the life of God, the Zoe life of God flow in this place right now to touch every soul and bring healing and deliverance unto everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord sets you free from every bondage and you are made completely whole. I also pray, Lord, for anyone they know that may be ill, that may not be here this afternoon. Your promise is that you will do mighty work of healing here today. I'm bold to declare it before them because I know your word is either true or not true, but we know your word is true. His word and promises they are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And in that name that's above every name, I decree healing unto every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And where so any form of other sickness, financial illness, you know, employment illness, or marital illness, whatever it is, let the healing virtue of the Lord go forth and heal all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your word has gone forth and it will do that which is sent out to do. And your people shall return with testimony on their lips. And your name and your name only shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.